You're listening to the Benefits at Work podcast, where we explore unique employee benefit offerings and programs to help improve your company and workplace culture. We cover wellness, technology, trending hot topics, and more. Now here's your host, Director of Client Engagement at Lipscomb & Pitts Insurance, Betsy Kamler. Hello, and welcome to our first Benefits at Work podcast. I'm Betsy Kamler, Director of Client Engagement. Today, I have Abby Green, our Health Outcomes Consultant with HealthCheck360. Hey, Abby. Hello, Betsy. Thank you for having me on. Since this is our first wellness podcast, I wanted to start off with something simple. Something as simple as, you know, why wellness? Why should companies or employers invest in their employees' health? And what makes a program successful? Our clients always hear all the time the importance of wellness and how they should push this during employees and encourage them to go to their doctor and all those type of things. But, you know, what makes it successful and what should they do? And that's a great question, Betsy. And many companies look at success a little bit differently. However, almost every company that we come across thinks about wellness as a strategy not only to improve employee health, but also to improve the medical spend at the company. So saving dollars but then also getting people healthier. And it really does go far beyond those two things. So when creating a program, think of it as what does the company actually want to envision? What are the values from that company and what do they want their end result to be? Perfect. And one thing that I know always comes up and I always myself try to drive this home with our clients is how important is it to have that senior leadership involvement? Oh my gosh, it's so important. And having that support from the top down really can make or break a program. When you think about management, everyone else really follows their lead. Whether it's good or bad, that is really what leads many people to doing much of the things they do on a daily basis. So management really does have to be on board. Everything from the written communications all the way down to just the chit-chat and office conversations. And they really are the celebrities at the company. So have them be the lead in some of the things. One of the places that we've really seen a lot of success with Betsy is having them be the lead of like a wellness challenge. So maybe the face of that wellness challenge. Um, something like having a leader walking program where everyone else is trying to get the most amount of steps compared to a leader at the company. Maybe it's the head of benefits, maybe it's the head of HR, maybe it's the head of IT. And every single week going through and having the rest of the community and company challenge that person. It can lead to a lot of fun and it can lead to just healthy motivation across the board all the way from the top down. Fantastic. And one thing that you mentioned was communication, and uh, that can go several different ways. What would you recommend on how is the best way to communicate this program to your employees? I know a lot of times it depends on what type of culture you have, you know, um, what, you know, if a lot of people are blue collar versus white collar, but what do you see to be the most successful ways to communicate? Mm -hmm. And it does depend on the demographics and how people learn. So some might learn best by getting an email where others might not have access to a computer. So putting the communication in a payroll stuffer or a postcard or even a poster in the break room. Sometimes people even use bathroom stalls because you're already sitting down, might as well read something at that point. Also have your vendor do this. So if you are working with a wellness vendor, have them just take charge of the communication pieces. By doing that, you know that you're also keeping the program legal. So I don't need to get into a bunch of details, but there are some legal pieces that need to be incorporated into every wellness communication piece, especially when you're talking about an incentive. So 
So not having a homegrown approach with that piece can just make sure that your program is up to regulations and is up to code. Also, Betsy, making sure to keep it simple. So having it be simple and in, in a way that is easy for people to understand is the best way to get the most amount of engagement. So when you're starting to use words like biometrics or triglycerides or a venipuncture blood draw, some people might know what those are, especially since we have many Lipscomb and Pitts clients who have done those things in the past, but others might have no idea. So saying words like blood draw instead of venipuncture blood draw can make it a lot more simple. Also, we have found that starting early can be a huge, huge um, yield of success. So making sure to start earlier the better and making sure that the message speaks to the person, whether that's based on age, demographic, gender. At Health Check 360, we have found that by just tailoring the communication slightly, such as adding a different type of photo, if we're talking to the blue collar workforce than to those in an office setting, or having different types of language when talking to a 22-year-old female versus a 65-year-old male really makes the impact a lot more. So we just know that what matters to a 22-year-old female is very different than what matters to an older male. So tailoring the communication a little bit can yield to better participation. Okay, great. So we've basically said we definitely need to get the leadership involved. Um, they're celebrities of the company. You need to make sure that they're involved in front of the program and really being the, the cheerleader, so to speak, to back the company for this wellness um, program adventure that they have in front of them. And then also with the communications, um, we need to start simple, start early. And, and like you said, know your culture, know your, the types of employees that you're trying to communicate to and um, their background and just be sure that you're able to to communicate them clearly and in an um, educational manner. So with all that, what can a company expect with a successful program? Once they get all these, these steps in place and everything's put together, we've communicated it, what can make it successful and what can we ex expect from it? Mm -hmm. So beyond having employees get healthier <clears throat> and also to lower costs, so make sure that in the long run, we're lowering costs in that medical spend, some things that we also see is improving that culture. So you mentioned culture a couple of times and just having a way for healthy motivation to meet new coworkers through the wellness challenges and show that the company values health. There are so many clients that we come into the, for the first year that they don't have anything set up. So having a wellness program can show that that is a value and that they do care about the longstanding of employees and their health going forward. And it increases the benefits plan. We also know that healthy equals happy. So when people are healthier, they can generally do a lot more um, as just as far as being at work. So when people lose weight, get their blood pressure in check, they control their diabetes, we know that they're actually better employees and they're happier at home. Okay. And finally, um, incentives is always a hot topic in wellness. And I know this can be, we could probably spend a whole separate podcast on incentives alone, but can you kind of speak to this at a very high level? And what is your opinion that seems to work best to motivate employees? I can. So with incentives, two things to think about here, intrinsic versus extrinsic. So I wish that we all could be intrinsically motivated to be the healthiest, version of ourselves, but I'm in this, I'm in this journey and I even have issues sometimes that there's cookies on the table. Sometimes I think about that instant gratification a little bit more than the end goal. So some people can be intrinsically motivated to do it, but the external, so the things, the tangible items, the dollars, 
the items you can buy or are given to you as reward, generally speaking, do a lot better at a corporate-based wellness program. So make sure it speaks to your population. This could be anything from a premium differential or money into an HSA, all the way to maybe having a Jeans Day Friday, an extra day of PTO, maybe a gift card or a raffle for a gift card. And some companies even give away some company swag, such as logoed water bottles or coolers or t-shirts. And one thing to think about this is having it be taxable versus non-tax. So things like a premium differential or an HSA, those are great because not only are you reminded multiple times a year, that premium being taken out every single month or every paycheck, for instance, but it's also non-taxed. So the company isn't being taxed on that. Where anything over $50, such as a gift card or a t-shirt or a big screen TV, we see all across the board these types of incentives, those items can be taxed. Finally, and I think we'll be talking about this in a future podcast episode, but making the program cost neutral can also be a great way to pull in incentives. So having um, those who are not participating in the program, yes, yeah, slightly higher insurance premium, can actually fully fund the wellness program so that anybody who goes through it is actually being paid for by those who are at a higher risk by not taking control and joining the wellness program. Perfect. Well, I think hopefully our audience has found some use in this information. I, I was hoping to keep it simple and just again, just to get the main topic out there of, you know, why we need wellness and what makes it successful. And, you know, I think we learned some things about, you know, involving our leadership and making it simple and making it communicate to the right culture and um, just know what to expect. And also with the incentives, you know, just some ideas of how that would work, but also know the pitfalls of those as well, too. So we thank you again today, um, Abby, for joining our podcast. Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Benefits at Work podcast. To learn more about wellness, technology, and compliance, head to lpinsurance.com or follow us online at LP Insurance.